Hello, and welcome to Wenatchee in the Word, a podcast ministry of Ridgepoint Baptist Church. Our purpose is to help each one of us grow more in love with God by studying and meditating on His Word. We're glad you joined us today. Now, let's see what the Bible has to say. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to Wenatchee in the Word. It's Pastor Micah here, and I'm excited to get into John chapter 4, a story that uh, has always intrigued me in how the Lord uh, approached a woman and uh, and what his approach was. So we're just going to look at it today and um, the might even break it up into a few episodes just because of the amount of it. Before we get in, I just wanted to encourage you, if this podcast has been a blessing to you or uh, you think it'd be a blessing to someone else, uh, take some time, if you would, and rate it. Give us a review on um, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. I know that would help to just get the word out to more people and uh, help more people even, as we said in the first episode, uh, fulfill our mission of helping us to love God more by just uh, studying and meditating on His Word. And so maybe just take some time to review the podcast, but also you could share it, share it with your friends in some way, and uh, just bring other people to the podcast. I know our heart truly is that we would just grow more in love with God every single time that we look into His Word. And so you could help us out by doing a few of those things, but let's dive right into it. John chapter 4 and verse number 1. The Bible says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Now, in the last episode, I we were talking about the fact that the Pharisees came and said to John the Baptist, uh, you know, Jesus is baptizing people and he has more followers than you now. His, grow- his uh, following is growing and yours is seemingly uh, getting smaller and smaller. And we saw that John just said, well, good. I'm glad that that's taking place. Well, um, this beginning of this next chapter uh, gives it a little bit of clarification. It wasn't actually Jesus baptizing people, but his disciples who were baptizing. But when the Pharisees heard that and Jesus uh, knew that the Pharisees had heard that, then he decided, I need to get out of here. There's some controversy, most likely, that's going to start brewing if I stay here too long. And so he heads up again to Galilee. And I love verse 4. It says, And he must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. In his mind, he thought, I have to go through Samaria. Now, many of us would know this, but maybe if you don't, um, just explain it very quickly that the Samaritans and the area of Samaria was uh, looked down upon by many of the Jews. They saw them as half-breeds. They saw them as people who had been compromised um, from being the Lord's chosen because of, uh, it'd take a little bit to go back into the the study of it, but when uh, the Assyrians took over the northern kingdom and the way that they did it, there were still some uh, Jews living in the land, and, and then some of them started to get intermingled and married with uh, the the uh, people who came from Assyria and lived in the land with them. And so uh, there was just now this group of people who weren't, as the Jews saw it, pure Jews. And so they looked down upon them as they were dirty and they were, uh, again, half-breeds. And and so, so much so 
that they wouldn't even travel through Samaria to get to Galilee or to get down to Judea from Galilee. They would actually cross the Jordan River, go up north, and then cross the Jordan back into Galilee, or vice versa, they'd go across the Jordan, come all the way down from Galilee and into Judea. And so much so was their prejudice against them, they did not even walk through their land. So we already see Jesus saying, well, I'm going to go through Samaria, which is a big deal. Even bigger a deal, we'll see in just a minute, that uh, it was to the Samaritan that he's going to actually meet when he goes there. So it says he comes to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, uh, which is near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. So it was about noon. It was the middle of the day. And um, it says, there comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. So Jesus is sitting by a well, and um, he's by himself. The next verse, verse 8, says that his disciples had all gone away into the city, into Sychar, to buy some meat, to buy some food. And so Jesus is here by this well by himself, uh, on purpose, so that he can meet someone. He had to go through Samaria for a purpose. It was to meet this woman. And now he's at this well on purpose to meet this woman. This woman comes and Jesus says, give me to drink. Now this woman, she was coming at an odd time, uh, which is most likely because of the lifestyle that we'll see in just a moment she was living. Um, And she was kind of an outcast to society. And yet Jesus is already about to show his love to her. And I love it. But he says, give me to drink because she's there. And uh, most of the women, they would come early in the morning, but again, because she was an outcast, she was most likely, most likely the reason she was coming uh, in the middle of the day. But she says to him, how is it that thou being a Jew, ask us drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. There's a lot of clarifiers there. She's like, how is it that you being a Jew are talking to me, who is, number one, a woman, and number two, a Samaritan. Uh, they, You all don't have any dealings with us. And Jesus says, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So I love how Jesus always intrigues people when he talks to them, catches their attention, and he says, If you would have known who was asking you, to get a drink, uh, you would be asking him if he could give you the living water. And she says, uh, you don't have anything to draw with. And, and the well is so deep. How could you give me living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank uh, from it himself and, and his children and his cattle? You know, he's, she's going through all these things. How could you be greater than Jacob? Uh, one of our patriarchs of our entire nation and uh, someone who we all look up to. And Jesus said, whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again. And uh, he then he goes on, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So he says, uh, I think this is where he's starting to transition into, I'm not talking about physical water. 
I'm talking about something that that will quench your most in, inner thirstings uh, and, and, and everlasting life. Uh, and the woman says, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. So it seems that she's still kind of thinking physical water. And Jesus starts to transition the conversation to a more spiritual, really to get to her heart and to let him know, let her know that he knows her. I love this uh, earlier in John, as we looked at when he met Nathaniel, he said, I saw you under the fig tree. He says, I know you. Um, And here he's about to say, I know you. Uh, After he's already shown that he loves her because he's talking to her when she said, no one, no one of your kind would ever talk to me. But here he is saying, I love you. Now he's about to say, and I know you. Verse 17 or 16, he says, go call your husband and come, come hither, come back. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saidst thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. So Jesus <clears throat> says, uh, go get your husband. She says, I don't, I don't have a husband. And he says, you've said this very true statement because you've had five husbands and the one that you're currently with is not your husband. And it just stood out to me because she was such an outcast. She, to understand the context of, of this time and of, of this passage, you really got to understand that the husband was the one with the authority to divorce. The husband was the one with the authority to call it quits based off of, it, it could have been off of her uh, fornication. It could have been off of something that she did outside of marriage. But to any extent, she was the one who was left five times. Five times men took her in as their wife and then got rid of her. And so currently she's with a man who isn't even her husband. And it, it almost seems like she's trying to fill a void in her heart of some kind. And really it's a void that only Jesus can fill. Um, I look at it and it, it reminds me of, I, I give this illustration often, um, when I was younger I went to a donut shop and I saw the guy uh, punching holes in the donuts and it's cool as he explained why that there were holes in donuts that the way it would bake and the way that it would, you know, the inside would get baked exactly how it needed to and um, and the outside would not be too crunchy and um, the outside would be baked and the without the inside being doughy and that's why they took the middles out and things like that it was just cool to listen to that but um, one thing that he said which I loved because then they made donut holes with it but um, one thing they said as he was doing it was he said there's a hole for every donut that one of these donut holes can fill and I look back to that every once in a while, and I thought, wow, that's so cool. For every donut, at least in this donut shop, there was only one donut hole that could fill that hole 
perfectly. And you know, in our hearts, in our lives, we are all created with a desire, because of the sin nature in us, a desire to fill our hearts with something. And so many of us search for it in relationships like this woman, or search for it with love and affection, and some some uh, look for it in uh, drugs and alcohol and hobbies and, and so many things, and we f- try to fill this hole within us that truly there's a hole in every person's heart that only Jesus can fill. And so our challenge today, just for sake of time, we'll come back to the rest of the story in the next episode, but... I would say our challenge for today would be this. What are what are we filling our lives with to try to fill that void that really only Jesus can fill? Only Jesus can fill it. If you're listening and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't know that if you died today you'd go to heaven, can I encourage you to reach out to us? Email me at pastor at wenatchechurch.com. Go to our website fill out a contact form, do something, reach out to us. We would love to show you how Jesus Christ can fill that void in your life. But even for us who know Jesus as our Savior, sometimes we can look to every other thing in this world to fill us when truly only Jesus Jesus can fill that void. There's a song I love that says, I've searched the world and it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade, they're never enough. Then Jesus came along and put me back together. Now every desire is satisfied here in his love. There's nothing better than you, Lord. I love the song and great truth for us today. Jesus is the only one who can truly fill and complete our hearts and our lives. I'll see you next episode. Hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to it or share it with your friends. You can hit that share button or take a screenshot and share it on your social media. And if you're from the Wenatchee area, we'd love to see you at Ridgepoint sometime. Find out more about our ministry at wenatchechurch.com. Thanks again for listening. God bless.